sir. Some things that happened with the Trump administration, I refer to it as a domino effect, with Steve Bannon's domino being the most recent one to fall. <laughs> uh, along with that, we're going to cover the DNC, meaning the Democratic National Convention, and what happened there. It ranged from, I believe, was started Tuesday and ended Friday, right? Or did it start? Sounds about right to me, yeah. Yeah. They had a they had a, a range of speakers come out in in support of uh, Joe Biden. We'll go over that and what their overall messages were, and more particularly, Barack Obama made a fairly public and uh, inspiring speech. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we're going to move on to the Republican National Convention with uh, Trump and his colleagues and his administration making their uh, their push for the presidency as well. I mean, it is uh, we're getting into the thick of it now, folks. I mean, uh, let's see. Let me pull up this uh, timer I have. I'm pretty sure it's like roughly 71 days until election. Crazy. He minus 70 feel like days. Really, yesterday when when the news came that Trump was elected for the first term. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah. This is. Uh, I think this uh, this election is definitely much more pivotal, a much more pivotal uh, time uh, as a nation. Mm-hmm. Given the current circumstances and what's really going on in this country yeah. and nationally, internationally as well. Absolutely. And then we're going to, on more global news, we're going to be covering uh, what's going on in Belarus. Uh, Zach's going to give us way more in the uh, briefing on that. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, folks. <laughs> it's a Sunday. Uh, let's dive right in. Let's dive right in. So it was last weekend. Steve Bannon was uh, arrested and convicted on charges of fraud. And this is these are charges pertaining to the Build the Wall Foundation that uh, Trump had uh, Steve Bannon really just command mm-hmm. and take control of. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so uh, basically, um, as I'm sure uh, you're all aware, the uh, one of the big major promises of the Trump administration was to build a wall uh, on the United States border with Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Bannon, the former uh, advisor to uh, Donald Trump, who stepped down after having differences with the Trump administration, um, worked on was essentially a GoFundMe or a, or a, um, <clears throat> a uh, what's the word? organization that was you know raising money in order to build a wall um not quite independently but in order to raise money to the end of building the wall and so um he's now being accused of um what is essentially fraud or embezzlement um where he's sort of taking money from that there is because there is quite a bit of money raised by uh citizens thinking that you know we should have a wall and that's what trump promised and so there's a lot of money raised, and the uh, accusations that Steve Bannon has been essentially taking it. Um, not all of it, obviously, but it's, uh, skimming some off the top, as it were. Yeah. So, and this is not the first time, you know. This is the Trump million dollars. You know, this is a fairly pretty penny that they raised mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. just, you know, public public donations. That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I was saying, not the first time. Remember, the Trump administration is being accused of. Uh, shady dealings when it comes to the Trump administration. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Michael Cohen with the uh, hush money to, to women yeah. coming out with Michael uh, Cohen. I don't know if you guys are familiar. He's the the guy that infamously, you know, went on trial. I think it was, was it a Senate? Was it a Senate trial? Mm-hmm. Senate that he, he, you know, went publicly on record. It was, it was just a televised event, basically, mm-hmm. 
exposing Trump. You know, he was Trump's long, longtime lawyer for upwards of like, I think it was 15, 20 years. This man, Mm -hmm. you know, he was his right hand man for the past 15 years. And this is the guy that's telling you that he is, you know, not my words, but his, you know, calling him Mm -hmm. a racist. And he was calling him, you know, a pathological liar and all these other things. He came out and he confirmed a number of uh, allegations that were against Trump that Trump continues to deny. Uh, Specifically, there were a couple of women that were accusing him of previously um, having affairs with Trump that Trump is denying. Um, And so that is uh, leading right into our next um, next sort of topic uh, in regards to Trump is that um, uh, Michael Cohen has, has confirmed that Trump paid those women uh, what is known as hush money to not... Um, to Divulge not, any information. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so that's sort of the original place where um, the lawsuit against Trump in order to subpoena his tax records to see what actually happened came out. The subpoena and, was approved by the federal judge. Mm-hmm. And so recently, uh, Trump has uh, tried to deny uh, to try to deny that subpoena on his tax records, which has come from this is a long time fight since essentially the first day he was in office where Trump had said, let's release your tax record. We want to see, you know, how you made your millions, what's going on, what you're doing with all of them, that kind of thing. So this is Trump's sort of last ditch effort to say, I don't want those to come out. And, you know, he made this argument. It's an, it's an emergency right now. You shouldn't be subpoenaing, subpoenaing my tax records. Yeah. Um, federal, federal judges have denied that uh, claim. So the subpoena is standing, which means sometime in the near future, we're going to see Trump's actual tax records. Do you think that this do you, you say sometime in the near future? Do you think it'll happen before the election? Absolutely not. Um, which is, yeah, I was going to say that that's that seems which way too like, It would be critical and interesting if he, if they, if it was, if they were. Um, but I don't. It, the justice it, system it, is known. It comes out at the last, you know, within three months or two months or whatever from the election. That would be crazy. But <laughs> yeah, no, the justice system is not known for being uh, diligent on their part on certain things. In terms, of, in terms of Trump, absolutely. I'm but yeah, those, sure, yeah. those two stories, uh, you know, they're sort of. Just the last two, like Daniel was saying, dominoes in the yeah. From, from you know, the, others that we should stuff. mention is you know just Rick Gates, former political consultant. He uh he pleaded guilty to conspiracy. You know he he made some false the the, the investigation into the Russian interference in the 2016 elections. That was a whole ordeal. Mm-hmm. Rick Gates is one of the consultants that was uh inter not interrogated really, but he was questioned. Uh, he pleaded guilty uh, eventually to making mm-hmm. false statements that jeopardized the uh you know the entire investigation mm-hmm. you know paul manafort a former oh, yeah. lobbyist lawyer consultant convicted felon of tax and bank fraud i love this pattern we're seeing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i don't want to say um necessarily that you shouldn't support uh donald trump um but just asking we're you know, painting a very there's a very clear picture being painted <laughs> Example after example after example, appeal from his cabinet, you know, being fired, being arrested. Um, this has been some of the most tumultuous four years in history, wrought with the most, um, you know, controversy maybe ever. I mean, the only comparable president in terms of, like, 
you know, controversy like this would be Nixon, I guess, for corruption. But that was really one singular event that brought him down. And it did bring him down. Trump was impeached, but not brought out of office, nor did he resign. Yeah. So that's because they had to go through the Senate. And that was, there's no way in hell that was going to happen. So. Right. So I, I, <laughs> I, this is completely unprecedented that this amount of corruption can come out against the president and the president remains in office and and the there's a significant group of people that remain in support of that president. So yeah, that, is, that would be the significance in my mind of these two uh, events uh, recently came to light. Very, it's very interesting to see what's going to happen uh, in this upcoming na- Republican National Convention. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to see, I think, I'm not sure, let me pull it up real quick, the, the set schedule for who's going to be speaking and when. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, Donald Trump Jr. is supposed to be speaking. Melania mm-hmm. Trump supposed to be speaking. Okay, that's Monday. Sorry, let me, right, let me right. uh, confirm that. Donald Trump Jr. Donald Trump Jr. Mm-hmm. Son of Trump is going to be speak. He's one of the keynote speakers on the Monday night, mm-hmm. uh, the opening night of the convention. And then Melania Trump, uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, Senator Rand Paul, and uh, those are some some names you might be familiar with. Melania, Eric Trump. Uh, is another one that I'm speaking later on Tuesday, and then Tiffany Trump, I believe, will be closing it out. And then Wednesday, we will be seeing Vice President Mike Pence, uh, Second Lady Karen Pence, and uh, those are the Representative Dan Crenshaw. These are only these are the only names that I uh, Jack Brewer, former NFL player. Wow, interesting. Uh, I would not, be I. I would be interested to see if any any sort of if the have you guys heard of the uh, the Lincoln Project? Generally heard of the Lincoln Project? Oh yes, yes, the Lincoln Project. That's a great account. Mm-hmm. Is, is yeah, a that's a great movement. Republicans altogether. against um, Donald Trump essentially is the gist of it. Um, seeking a return to normalcy, seeking a return to what they're calling you know the original sort of uh, conservatism. So I'd be interested to see if that sort of faction of the Republican Party shows up or if any of the speakers, as you mentioned, probably not the Trump family, but if, you know, for example, Rand Paul, if somebody like that comes out and gives a speech, um, you know, that's against President Trump, that'd be interesting to see um, if, that, if that happens, because I've seen a lot from the Lincoln Project recently, so... We'll be interested to see because the Republican National Convention will have more about that, you know, obviously once it happens. I don't know if you if you knew this, Zach, but Jared Kushner will not be making an appearance. That's uh, interesting. I can't say I'm surprised, but mm-hmm. I don't know if any of you know, Jared Kushner is the uh, son-in-law of Donald Trump and, and a husband to a v- Ivanka Trump, if I'm yes. correct. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he is the he is he is Jewish. He's the one that uh, not that that means anything. It's just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want I don't want to make that like the whole point out of that. I'm just saying like, you know, some it matters to some people, so why not at least mention it a little bit, even though it shouldn't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Jared Kushner was the one that he, uh, you know, Donald Trump basically granted uh, or kind of transferred all power of the coronavirus uh, response team, gave it to him, yeah, and he's letting him he's letting him handle uh, most of the diplomatic relations with the Middle East, which they. Uh, it, uh, you know, apparently seems OK, as we mentioned in the earlier. But that's just that's a minor digression. Sorry yeah. about that. Uh, yeah. But back to uh, national conventions, party conventions, uh, yes. the Democratic one actually has happened. Um, you know, as, as, as I mentioned, the, um, the Lincoln Project would be interesting to see if they showed up at the RNC. 
Um, but the, at the DNC, nothing quite like that. You know, the, even people like Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren on the more progressive side of things sort of came out in support of uh, what, who was confirmed to be the nominee, uh, uh, Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. So in contrast to what I don't expect, but I'm interested to see at the RNC, at the DNC, there is a newfound unity um, since the primary, which is not to be unexpected. That's sort of how these things go once there is a clear nominee. Okay, yeah. In contrast to what was going on in the primary, but this is sort of how this sort of things play out. In the primary, you get vicious fighting, and once you sort of get a clear nominee at the at the convention, you're going to unite before the yeah. nominee. So hopefully, you know, well, I don't want to say hopefully, but the idea here is that people that were for Bernie, people that were for Elizabeth Warren, are going to see them talking about President Biden and then vote for them. And so any sort of confidence lost in primary battles are going to be troops are going to come back for the uh, general is sort of the idea. Right. So some of the key speakers from the Democratic National Convention uh, were Bernie Sanders, senator from Vermont. I'm sure you guys all know who he is, especially if you're a returning listener, you know, we know. You know, we know <laughs> Michelle Obama, Kamala Harris. And then uh, I believe Barack Obama was the closing speaker of the entire convention, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the big one. Uh, Billie Eilish did something at the at the DNC. Did she really? Yeah. Kerry Washington presented something. Um, there's a number of uh, like you mentioned, there was going to be an NFL player at the uh, at the RNC. You know, there are people mm-hmm. in the entertainment industry showing up. Celebrity endorsement. Sort of is yeah, it's sort of an event um, in some ways more than it is an actual uh, party convention. But yeah, uh, there was a thing going around on Twitter. Did you see this about Elizabeth Warren's um, was in a classroom? Did you see this? No, I did not. What can you Elizabeth explain? Warren, when she gave part of her uh, remote presentation, um, she was sitting in a children's classroom. There were blocks on a cubby behind her, uh, letters that are, that spelled out BLM. And people, people on Twitter had mixed reactions, you know, some saying, you know, oh, great, fantastic. She's referencing the Black Lives Matter movement. Obviously, that's great. You know, and other people saying, you know, like, is this all you can do? Like, <laughs> you're going to put BLM and blocks behind you. But are you going to actually substantively do anything about this issue? Yeah. And it seems like sort of to some more progressive sort of a smack in the face where it's like, OK, we're going to say BLM as a catchphrase as a way to get your votes, but we're not going to functionally do much about actual black lives in terms of policy, in terms of, you know, what and that's doing. the similar, that's the, that's kind of a similar sentiment that's, that's towards Camilla Harris's bid as VP altogether really is. Absolutely. Her, Absolutely. You know. So the, the, the complaints with this BLM blocks is like, okay, you can put the letters, you know, in cubbies, but the nominee is, is yeah. Joe Biden and the vice president of yeah. Harris and the BLM movement has problems with those people for, you know, the 94 crime bill and for, um, you know, Kamala Harris's uh, prosecuting record. So there's it, more progressives, more, um, you know, more intense BLM supporters are, are out here saying, you know, I why it's just really more awareness instead of actually doing something. I think it's really just more more uh, public awareness of of politicians trying to miscontrive themselves to to, mm-hmm. to the people. You know, people people are kind of getting more up to date about it. They kind of they kind of they kind of know what kind of people like what kind of people they are. 
Yeah. And you know, there, you know, now that with technology as advanced as it is and, and information so so attainable in a time like this, you know, people can find out what their records really show about them as a person and as a public official. Sure, absolutely. You know, yeah. Because, you know, if you think about 20, 30 years ago, this specifics about Biden's crime bill, specifics about Kamala Harris's, um, you know, as a prosecutor, her record might not have come out, come, not come up. And in election 20 years ago, it might have just been you're the Democrat. You're saying good things about BLM. We might elect you, but it's not yeah. quite like that anymore. And I yeah. think for the better. Um, and personally, going back to what I was saying about Elizabeth Warren, um, I'm somewhere in the middle. Personally, it's like I think, you know, there's a Malcolm X quote that those in power will give you symbolic victories in order to keep you further suppressed, further repressed, or, or I'm not sure if that's the exact quote, but the gist of it is, you know, we're going to put BLM on blocks, you know, and we're going to elect, you know, a black official as a mayor here or there, or, you know, do this or that, or give you MLK Day, for example, as something that can give you this small, functionally insignificant part of, of you know, compromise in order to keep you quiet about actual injustice. And so that's sort of how some people see what's going on with Liz Warren. Personally, I think it's a little bit of that, but it's also just like you had blocks, you could have spelt anything. I, I half expect, you know, it's just some intern that was like, I can have fun with these blocks in the background while I'm setting up this shot. You know, like, I don't even know that I really think that it was Elizabeth Warren herself that was like, hmm, let's make it say BLM. So, and, you know, it's a nice enough sentiment. So I don't think that it's as heinous, you know, as as yeah. endless as people are making it out to be on Twitter. Um, but it is sort of it's, like, you know, you can just say, you can say BLM all you want, but are you actually doing, you know, that much? Yeah, but I mean, the Democrats, they've had, they, they're kind of known for not approaching uh, the public in a, in a more, in a better way, really. I mean, I've seen on Twitter and just through conversations with some of my friends and people that I come across, they are the kind of ranting on about uh, their inclusion of Hillary and Bill Clinton and how they, mm-hmm. like, they thought it wasn't a very smart move to have them there even though they are of presidential, like, you know, prestige, because they were both in the office in the 90s, they think that uh, their image, their presence just kind of gave off a, a different vibe than or mood or even message that the Democrats were trying to pull, which is or uh, convey, which is that, yeah. you know, this is a turning of a new page or rather the opening of a new book. It's just personally, I think in terms of the Democratic Party, there's a trend within at least young people young Democrats even, that is further left. There's a trend that we want to be more progressive. Mm-hmm. We want to be further left. We want, you know, we want to be, quote unquote, woke. We want to respect, uh, you know, we, we're accusing America of being a, uh, you know, a inherently racist institution. And we want to, this almost revolutionary idea. And the Democratic Party is responding with, you know, establishment candidates. And they're responding, yeah. and, and the, and the, Convention right. showed that, you know, there's a couple of progressives there, Bernie and Liz Warren, and both of them just sort of fell in line and said, here, vote for the establishment. And DNC said, look, here's some more establishment people. Here's, oh, you know, those other establishment Democratic presidents you didn't like, you know, uh, with Bill Clinton. With the, here with the they crowd. are again. Here's here the they race. are again, talking about this other establishment moderate. I we've started, you I you see making that point, well, that yeah, point you just, make is a pretty uncanny because the one, one, like the one person that they had on there. Mm-hmm. That you know the public knows, and she is she's known for being young and left wing is Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. You know mm-hmm. she was one of the only young uh, Democrats to really uh, you know speak on speak out, and mm-hmm. she openly endorsed Bernie Sanders. Yeah, on I mean, national television. Once her uh, her famous Green New Deal um, 
yeah, one of the more progressive. Um, yeah. So I think it's funny when you say that a lot of the young Democrats tend to tend to trend more far left wing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is, I think, one, one of the biggest people out there that represent that demographic that you speak of. Absolutely. absolutely. And it's just the young people are disillusioned and they're not finding that much hope within the party. There's, an, there's a couple of examples. Young people like Bernie, AOC, mm-hmm. obviously, Ilhan Omar, you know, these, these are people that young, you know, leftists like. But the party, you know, is not doing enough to embrace that part of it. And they're yes. doing too much. Then this, this is this idea that the moderate is the way to go when historically that hasn't that hasn't worked you know you know yeah. when beat al gore uh when um you know when trump beat uh hillary <coughs> the dnc puts up um you know a moderate establishment candidate who doesn't excite you know the young left and the result is the republican winning and we're doing the exact same thing here again in my opinion so yeah, I think I think the only reason why there's such a heavy inclusion of moderate moderate uh, uh, people such as Biden and Kamala is just they're playing to their opponent. You know, the the the, the mm-hmm. way to beat Trump is to not only get your voters to to you know outnumber his voters, but it's also to 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 get some of his voters. That <laughs> I is- mean, I see how that's the hope. I just I don't know if that's the right strat. Personally, I think that there are enough young people with the current choice that you know I'm not saying I, agree I, with I don't know how many moderates are actually going to be swayed i don't know how many so that's my fear it with might me. be a little premature or naive of me to say this but i feel like i feel like a majority of america kind of already has their mind made up it's just that that small margin or that may maybe it's a substantial margin mm-hmm. but you know they those are the ones that are undecided but i think for the most part there's been such a heavy divide in this country and such a thick line in, in between those two those two uh, groups of people that, you know, are voting for one side or the other. Yeah, that I yeah. It's, I think if it wasn't, you know, already decided, I think Biden picking Kamala Harris is was definitely the thing that decided it. You know, yeah, if you true. were on the fence about it, you know, if you're waiting out to see who he picked, he finally picked somebody. Um, you know, like I was saying, I think that the as you mentioned last episode, I think the effect of. Uh, Kamala Harris is, um, you know, her being announced as VP is that people it's, it's weird because people on the right see her as too far left, too, um, you know, too progressive. People on the far on the far left think she's too uh, moderate or too even right wing. And, you know, there's people in the slightly left of center are the only people that really are happy with this pick. So, you know, I would have personally liked to see Biden pick somebody more energizing to the left and that would make them more enthusiastic. Um, you know, more of a I, balance basically. You yeah. want like more of a balance. Just just right. the way they had Obama to, to counterpart with uh, Biden. You wanted you wanted that for Biden. Sure. Yeah. I just somebody that would have excited or the the left more like the left left further left and somebody that you know would have like at least quelled those complaints like there are a lot of people on the left that are complaining that biden's too far right too moderate and if he would have picked elizabeth warren that maybe would have quieted down you know if he picked somebody because he said he wanted to pick a a woman if he picked elizabeth warren you know maybe some of the progressives would have been more happy with it and we would have had a more enthusiastic left so this decision i'm just sort of like "Ah, i'm worried about it is what i'm is my 
my idea. I'm though. excited to see how she's she's gonna pan out against uh, Pence in the mm-hmm. in a VP debate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that would be an interesting uh, thing to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Do we have? Uh, I think Trump's uh, campaign was actually trying to extend the number of uh, extend the number of uh, debates that were scheduled between him and Biden. Weird. I would have thought the opposite from them. Really? Yeah. Well, there's. I'm pretty sure that it's like a it's a thing. It's a common practice amongst campaigns to schedule more debates whenever you're whenever you're you know moving down the polls and i'm pretty sure these most recent polls had biden ahead of trump uh, right generally i'm not too i wouldn't be too confident about biden's or um sorry pence's ability to um debate with kamala Kamala harris having seen both of them speak um but anyway so that's what's going on domestically you want to head over to the uh yeah yeah, so we kind of covered as much as we were prepared to. Uh, we'll move on to the Belarus election. If you want to yeah. go ahead and take the mic on that one, Zach. Sure. So um, basically, in the government of Belarus, led by President Alexander Lukashenko, um, is sort of, in many ways, the last vestige of um, Soviet-era dictatorships in Eastern Europe. So the current president of Belarus... Um, has been in power for 26 years, since 94, um, and he's sort of seen by many to be the last remaining dictator in Europe. Um, and so recently, I think last week or um, two weeks ago, perhaps, um, there was another election and it's being accused of, of voter fraud. It's being accused of being a fraudulent election of a corrupt by a corrupt government by many and so there have been mass protests that have broken out in um, belarus on the streets calling for his removal from power calling for you know uh calling for people to check the election see if it was actually legitimate or not and um towards the end of ousting lukashenko finally after 26 uh 2024 20, 26 years um and so this is significant because this is sort of the last uh this is the last remnant of the soviet union really beyond you know putin's uh kgb uh history but this is the of at least in its real official form this is the last sort of soviet leader and so it's been a long um long goodbye for the soviet union mm-hmm. you know i mean the uh the wall well, fell not yet nine but yeah that's, that's obviously not yet, but um, I'm saying it's in, it's interesting to see, you know, this is sort of history in the making going back 100 years from the uh, Bolshevik Revolution. So I think uh, I think to get a proper like appraisal of what's really going on, like there's you can look it up uh, the the events in Minsk, M-I-N-S-K. Mm-hmm. This is the city where the there's a town square, an independent square, tens of thousands of people have lined up there despite and then despite the heavy heavy police presence that has that is that is there they 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 are protesting and demanding this man to resign mm-hmm. and Zach was telling me earlier before we started recording that uh uh you know he he is posted up with a bulletproof vest and a rifle in hand uh it's it's almost uh appalling really it's it's yeah. quite a spectacle if you want to go it's con- a, a country's leader to really be giving off that image of himself to the cameras 
It really makes me think, regardless of results of any, you know, investigation into the election, he's not going to go out peacefully. It makes me think that there may have to be, you know, sort of one last coup or one last revolution or one last uprising or battle, civil war, in order to, you know, bring down this final, um, you know, final leader of the Soviet Union. Peace. I think what's I think the the greatest indication of of this uh, election getting rigged is, like I said before, the fact that there are tens of thousands of protesters in reaction or in response to the results, mm-hmm. and the results themselves uh, are reported. Eighty percent of the vote going going to uh, Lukashenko, and then ten percent going to his uh, to his uh, opponent, which is. <laughs> You know, 80 percent. That, that's, 80% is, that seems like too. That seems like a margin way too wide to be true. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if you even consider mathematically the number of people protesting versus the number that it would have made up 80 percent of the vote, it's highly, highly questionable. Yeah, no, highly suspect. As uh, mm-hmm. what was his name from Ratatouille? The, the short <laughs> man, huh? Yeah, yeah highly Alice. suspect. Highly <laughs> we rule. <laughs> Oh, I love that movie. That's definitely one of my one of my favorite Disney movies. Oh, absolutely, my favorite. Pizza. Speaking, speaking of movies, let's do a quick little digression here. The, oh, real, the Batman okay. trailer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh my Hold gosh. On. We like to we like to avoid. You know, movies are sort of what I'm into most in life. Um, but we on this podcast like to avoid movies unless they're like really in the news. But, but um, this is this is you know aside from our love for movies, this is our obligation as nerds <laughs> to use this platform and to yeah. tell you guys about this movie about and the, throw you ladies out there that that drool over robert pattinson Ooh. you bet you get excited for this and gentlemen personally i wouldn't Honestly, have this air if it right. wasn't for robert pattinson and good you're time. right you're right you're right i, now, I misspoke i apologize <laughs> <laughs> but uh, over the past couple of days uh warner brothers has done this event called dc fandom which is essentially mm-hmm. They were they're releasing info about movies the way they would if there was a convention going on around the summertime. Usually there's a San Diego Comic-Con, which has been canceled this year, where they release new trailers and info about the movies that are coming out. So there was a teaser trailer for uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad that came out that looks really fun. Um, there was talks about new video games, um, you know, things like that. But the biggest thing that came out of it for most people was uh, Matt Reeves' trailer for the new uh, Batman movie, which looks incredible. Yeah. I mean, I was excited. They hit that needle drop for uh, something in the way by Nirvana and I'm hype already. And then it's just one of the yeah. darkest Batman plots we've seen. It looks like, I mean, no one's Batman was obviously pretty dark, but this looks like a different shade of dark, you know, like it yeah. looks almost like the movie seven or like another sort of neo-noir like that. And he's like, yeah. beating the crap out of people and he's wearing the eyeliner. It just looks rad. It looks rad. It, it looks amazing. And I'm very – they haven't I, – I like how – I like how they haven't even shown the main villain yet, but they've kind of like still integrated his presence into the trailer. Because oh, I don't know good. if you know this. The main villain question is uh, mark, going to be – huh? Yeah, they did the question marks instead of 2021. The two yeah. question marks is they're alluding to Paul Dano's The Riddler. Woo. Yes, that is a great casting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you guys are aware, Colin Farrell is also going to be in this movie, and he plays they the Penguin. Did Colin Farrell? How yeah. did they do it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to seem him playing Penguin, because Penguin's supposed to be this really fat right. and like just mm-hmm. kind of like you know pompous British rich man 
yeah. that just uses his money as his as his as a super weapon basically is he just has this money to throw at all these mm-hmm. all these henchmen. I was kind of excited for a like what if the penguin was hot take on the character, but yeah. they, it's like they're going back to the original sort of wham man. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, this you know this generally is like a dynamite cast. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, Zoe Kravitz. Uh, Zoe, Zoe Kravitz, Kravitz is so hot. Oh my god. But okay, so generally at the FYI podcast here, we like to uh, not come down one way or another on issues. But I think we can safely say it is the official opinion of the FYI podcast that this movie looks rad. <laughs> this movie looks beyond rad. <laughs> We implore all of our uh, listeners to look into the movie and see if uh, if the trailer piques yeah. your interest at all. Go watch the trailer. It looks dope. Go watch uh, the Planet of the Apes movies, too, because it's, that's the director that we got. So. Right on, looks right fun. on. Looks fun. Looks hype. <laughs> um, I don't think there is any much else there is to cover. Like I said before, we're on Spotify. We are in the process of getting onto Apple and other streaming platforms for you guys that don't have Spotify. Yeah, which, by the way, you can get it fairly cheap using your UTD login. Yes, please. Yeah, use your student email for most of your things. You'll definitely get a discount, such as Amazon Prime. $5 a month or something like that, you get Hulu and Spotify together if you put in your UTD login. Really? Uh, don't call me on that, but I think... I do, I do remember you, there being like you, some You get a hefty deal. discount, and there's a Spotify yeah. Hulu package that you can get. Um, I'm not exactly sure on the number, but definitely check that out if you yeah. don't have those services. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If you don't like what we said, if we think we're libtard cucks, uh, you know, leave a <laughs> comment on the SoundCloud and, uh, you know, we'll get back to you. Please, please. Till then, Zach, if you would please do the honor. Peace in the Mideast. Peace in the Mideast and all around. Have a great day and so, have a great second week at UTD. Bye.